Hello, hi, and welcome back to a new episode of Two Teaspoons of Positivity. The date is the 25th of May, and the time is 4.27am EST. Without further ado, let's look at some of our stories for this week. England got its second super nature reserve. That's the first big story. Linking fragmented habitats is one solution to the biodiversity crisis. And that's what England's newest nature reserve hopes to achieve. Created this week, Somerset Wetlands Super Nature Reserve encompasses 6,140 hectares of salt marsh, heath, and wetland, where nationally significant populations of birds and insects live. The idea is to improve the quality of those habitats and boost connectivity between them. The project will bring together landowners and other local partners to improve ditches, streams, and other waterways that link habitats. The creation of this very large National Nature Reserve is an important moment for nature recovery in England, said Tony Juniper, Chair of Nature England. These wonderful places are needed now more than ever as we face into the challenges of global warming, wildlife decline, and reconnecting people with the natural world. Somerset Super Reserve is England's second. The first was launched in 2020 in Burbank, Dorset. I hope we get to see more super nature reserves as well. The second big story is that Europe removed a record number of dams. There was some positive news for fish this week, as data published on Monday revealed that 2021 was a record year for dam removal in Europe. Dams present a formidable obstacle for freshwater fish and other wildlife. There are thought to be around 1.2 million dams blocking European waterways, where some migratory fish have suffered catastrophic declines, restoring at least 25,000 kilometers of rivers to a free-flowing state is a key element of the European Union biodiversity strategy for 2030. With wind and solar outcompeting hydroelectricity, more dams are likely to be made redundant. I was wondering about that. Why would the European Union invest in removing dams when they are a good source of hydroelectricity? The answer to that is because wind and solar are now outcompeting it. We have a statement here from the director of the World Fish Migration Foundation. They stated that dam removal is the most efficient tool to restore free-flowing rivers full of fish. This tool should be implemented everywhere in Europe, starting with the old and obsolete barriers that are out of use or have no economic function anymore. That is very true, and I hope that we get to see rivers full of fish soon. The next big story is that robotic surgery was found to improve patient outcomes. Robot-assisted surgery used to perform bladder cancer removal enables patients to recover far more quickly compared to conventional surgery. This is according to a study published this week which found that Robotic surgery reduces the chance of readmission by 52%. What's more, it revealed a striking 77% reduction in the prevalence of blood clots compared to patients who had open surgery. James Cato, professor of urological surgery at the University of Sheffield, which led the research as you statement here, time in hospital is reduced and recovery is faster when using this advanced surgery. Ultimately, this will reduce bed pressures on the NHS and allow patients to return home more quickly. That's true. This does lead to a greater conversation about the automation of the healthcare industry. There are multiple healthcare professionals, including doctors, researchers, scientists, who argue that removing the human element from healthcare is not only impossible, it would also be counterproductive. The 
robotic elements being added to the healthcare system including surgery or communication or any other aspect a patient's visit the majority of it will focus on simplifying the doctor's tasks let's move on to the next story new zealand laid out its climate plan lots of countries have pledged to reach net zero by 2050 and few have roadmaps to get there on monday new zealand published its strategy for achieving that goal with mixed reviews the emissions reduction plan or erp has some headline initiatives including a scheme to subsidize low-income families in the transition to low-emission vehicles. There is also additional resources for Maori involvement in climate policy. Plaudits praised it for uniting all government departments behind the goal. The ERP is unique, even unprecedented, by taking a whole-of-government approach. Analysts at Auckland University of Technology wrote in a review of the plan. However, same analysts stated that the ERP mostly favoured political palatability over ambition. Greenpeace, meanwhile, highlighted a major omission. It fails to deal with the dirty great cow in the room. New Zealand's biggest climate polluter, intensive dairy, said the charity. That's a... Those are some choice words there. I hope they improve this plan and achieve better results. The next big story is that France got its first female Prime Minister in 30 years. Monday brought positive news for female representation, with Elizabeth Bourne appointed Prime Minister of France. She is the first woman to hold the position in more than 30 years and only the second female Prime Minister in modern French history. She has a statement, I dedicate this nomination to all the little girls in France to tell them, follow your dreams. Nothing should stop the fight for women's place in our society. While I do applaud this, part of me still feels kind of bad because it's a shame that it has to be a fight. I hope that the progresses that we've made in the past two years will build up to create a much more inclusive society that's a lot more egalitarian. The next story is that an app was launched to detect fake social media accounts. A phone app that helps social media users detect fake profiles launched in the UK on Monday. Think Before You Link will help people spot characteristics of fraudulent profiles used by spies and other malicious actors. According to the UK government, the use of fake profiles is happening at scale, posing a risk to people's privacy and national security. The app has been developed by behavioral scientists and includes a profile reviewer which will help individuals identify fake profiles and report those that look suspicious. I do wonder how many profiles will be caught in the crossfire that are made by people who who made it while not really being interested in participating in social media. Like they just added their name, nothing in the bio, no posts, absolutely just bare bones profile. I wonder if that will get reported. <laughs> A footballer named Jake Daniels came out as gay. That's the next story. It might seem strange to some that a footballer coming out as gay should make the news. This is 2022 after all. Same-sex marriage is legal in most Western nations. Many politicians, actors and musicians are openly gay. Yet the decision by Jake Daniels to announce his sexuality this week is a big deal for British football. Not since Justin Fashano in the 1990s. I sincerely apologize for butchering that name. Since the 1990s, has a player felt able to come out? That's so sad. For the first time in decades, gay football fans have a role model on the pitch. Daniels, who plays for Blackpool, said that coming out will allow him to be free and confident. It may just inspire other, other players to do the same, breaking a taboo that has long hampered inclusivity in the sport. That's so sad, but I'm really happy for him. That does it for our big stories for the week. Let's look at some of the big baby stories. The first big baby story 
is that UK festivals join the campaign to end sexual violence. A bumper festival is upon us after two years of COVID cancellations. In preparation, a new charter has been drawn up to make UK festival sites safer. The Safer Spaces Charter has been updated with guidance and input from organisations including Rape Crisis England and Wales. More than 100 festivals have signed up, including Shambhala, Latitude and Reading. One of the key promises is that all allegations of sexual harassment, assault and violence will be taken seriously, acted upon promptly and investigated. That's a good initiative. We have a statement here from Kelly Benton of Rape Crisis England and Wales. She stated that festival goers deserve to know that if they report sexual assault, they will be listened to and believed, and those working on the site are equipped to handle all reports with knowledge and empathy. That's nice, that's a good initiative. Yeah, I didn't know that festivals were risky. I guess it makes sense, but also it just really doesn't. Like, why Why would you? Why, why would you engage in sexual violence against someone at a festival? Like, do you, you're at a festival. Like, <laughs> there's so much more to do. Anyway, the Chelsea Flower Show promoted pollinators and shunned fake cross. Fake cross. It takes decades to biodegrade and robs pollinators of vital natural habitat. Nevertheless, the trend for rolling it out in gardens has taken off in the UK. This week, organisers of the Chelsea Flower Show made a stand. They announced a ban on the artificial turf at next week's gardening jamboree, claiming that it goes against their position on plastic pollution. This year's show will also give prominence to gardens that attract and protect pollinators. Visitors will be educated on designing gardens to attract bees and other insects, which have suffered massive declines in recent years. Artificial lawns have become a controversial topic in the UK, where a petition has been launched to get the government to ban them. Meanwhile, a specific Twitter account has amassed a sizable following by poking fun at fake cross while celebrating pollinator-friendly gardens. I don't know if it's safe for me to say this word, but uh, I'll be sure to link it in the description. And that brings us to the end of our segment, Two Teaspoons of Positivity. I would like to thank the one person listening to this. I really hope you enjoyed it. Thank you so much for tuning in. And now, I am going to tune out. Bye-bye! <laughs>